welcome to episode 191 of Manage the Wilds. I'm your host, Nick Manson. Today I was out uh, looking for a moose. A uh, guy on my boys' soccer team has a once-in-a-lifetime moose tag here in Utah. And so while I'm out looking at deer and elk, I told him I would uh, see if what I could find. So I went to an area that I normally don't go because it's not, not real heavily populated with deer and elk. Um, but I'm trying to help him out. So I made my way there this morning, and I came across something that just made me laugh. Uh, the archery hunt is going on currently in the state of Utah, and I, there are three types of hunters that you normally see. You see the dudes on their side-by-sides who are just creeping along. They never get out of their vehicle. They're just creeping along looking for animals. They see one, and then they're like, nah, too far away. That's too much effort. I'm just happy I got a tag so I can complain about it next year. And I saw a lot of those dudes today. They were driving around in their side-by-sides with their bows across their laps. I don't get it. You got to get out, people. Just go find a tree stand. Maybe that would be more your style, but they didn't. They were hogging up the roadways, just driving slow. Good for them. If they want to get out and they want to keep donating to wildlife, more power to you. The second one, though, really drives me bonkers. This dude had a bow sling on. He was on a, a CRF, I don't know, what what was it, a CRF 2, uh, no, it was a CRF 450, and he was just flying. Like, I don't even think his tires were hitting the ground because he was going so dang fast. How are you supposed to find any animals if you're driving 40 miles an hour down a dirt road i kept waiting every time i came around a bend i kept waiting to find him piled up in sagebrush somewhere but i never did so that's the second type of hunter and then the third type of hunter you never see him those are the guys that are always harvesting animals because they're out in the field they're getting away from the roads they're hiking they're putting in miles i went to this area this morning uh, I've seen a lot of a lot of bulls there, uh, and I've known some uh, big bulls that have come out of this drainage. And so I headed there, and when I got there, I got to the trailhead. I parked the four-wheeler, and I hiked in. It's not even a long hike. I mean, depending on, like, I'm a fat person, and it wasn't a long hike for me, but nobody's there. And there's deer and elk. I run into deer and elk. There was bucks, there was bulls, and there was no hunters because the hunters are still driving down the road. Just like grouse hunting, you've got to know the habitat that the species you're going after. You have to know where they live. And I have rarely seen deer and elk living on roads. Most of them are dead that are on the roads. They're laying on the side of the road. I used to have to pick them up. So I can tell you without a doubt, that you're not going to find very many live animals on a road. you got to get off the road. you got to go for a hike. But if you're just buying the tag to promote wildlife and help fund wildlife projects, then more power to you. But if you're calling and you're complaining and you're going to meetings and you're complaining that you never get an animal and you're the one who drives your side-by-side that cost you 50 grand and then you have a $100,000 truck and a $200,000 trailer, and you just never leave the side-by-side. Don't complain. 
Just keep paying your money, though. Thank you. One of the challenges with wildlife management is when your population gets too large. Now, if your population is under objective, it's easy. You just cut tags. But what do you do if your population is over objective and it's largely private? It is really difficult to get harvest. It is super difficult to get harvest. One of the things that you can do is you can break the unit itself into smaller units and do different hunts at different times to push the animals around. Smaller hunts, like a two-week hunt on one side of the unit, will push animals into another unit where maybe they will be more accessible, or it'll push it across the unit, and then you do a hunt over there. Utah, Idaho, and Nevada all share a border, and they all have elk. And a lot of the elk are coming out of Idaho, and they're getting pushed into, the, into Utah, and then as well as Nevada. One of the issues that they used to have before they started working together, as uh, states should, they would do a hunt in Idaho. It would drive the animals down into Utah. They would start hunting in Utah, and it would drive them over to Nevada, and then Nevada would hunt, and it would push them back into Idaho. And they weren't ever getting any of the harvest that they needed, and they kept having more and more depredation problems. And so they started working together, and they hunted all at the same time to bring the population down. So one of the hardest things to do is to get your harvest rate up. There are a bunch of different things you can try to do, but when an area is largely private and landowners don't like giving access and there's nothing that states have created to compel landowners to give access when they're complaining about damage but refuse to allow hunters in, there's not a lot you can do. And there's definitely not a lot you can do when you're driving your side-by-side -side or your CRF 450 with a bow sling driving 40. You're probably not going to tag out. And you can say, well, he was late to, late to a spot or whatever, but this was 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, and he was just ripping down the road. I could hear him for, for miles while I was sitting in this drainage watching, watching deer. You could hear that as he was just ripping back and forth. He'll probably go back home and tell his buddy he put, put a stock on a good one, but just couldn't close the deal. He definitely burned some fuel, though. All right, you guys. Have a great day. Stay wild.